As a leader of your company, you must stay up to date with your strategies and execution or risk obsolescence. Welcome to the Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today. And now, here's your host, Jerry Purcell. It's the Finnovate Show, brought to you by Innovation 360 Group. I'm Jerry Purcell. Get ready to think about your biggest challenges and capitalize on your biggest opportunities after this. Executives depend on external consultants to fill knowledge and experience gaps or to have an experienced mind audit their thinking. The Innovation 360 Group brings together a wide range of proven thought leadership from around the globe and cost-effectively makes it available to you. Get the insights, advice, and systems you need to succeed. Learn more at www.innovation360.com. Today's episode is one in a series focused on Northern Ireland's fintech sector. I want to thank Michael Barton, Invest Northern Ireland's Canadian Regional Director, for his support in bringing the best of Northern Ireland to the Finnovate Show. Invest Northern Ireland is the Economic Development Agency of Northern Ireland that's responsible for promoting trade and investment opportunities for potential and existing investors. It helps them to flourish and connects trading partners with suppliers across many sectors. Our guest today is Stuart Marks, Head of Business Development at FinTrue. FinTrue focuses on the investment banking industry with clients on both sides of the Atlantic. In Northern Ireland, the fintech sector is exploding and is one of its fastest growing industries. Belfast is currently the world's number one location for fintech investment with almost 40,000 employees in fintech and professional services. That's fully one in five who are working in FS and tech in Northern Ireland who are working on fintech and it's the highest rate in all across the UK. So, uh, Stuart, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Good to be here. So, perhaps maybe we should start with you to tell me a little bit about yourself and FinTrue. Yeah, of course. So, my name is Stuart Marks. I am head of business development at an organization called FinTrue. Um, FinTrue is a company that is based in Northern Ireland, um, albeit I am actually based in New York. Um, FinTrue itself is an award-winning reg tech company um, focusing on the financial services sector, so clients such as investment banks and large-scale security companies. Um, and we work with all our clients to design and implement solutions to help them meet their regulatory obligations in areas such as legal risk and compliance being our, our largest areas. Um, our clients are based globally. Um, we have a large um, pool of clients in EMEA, in Asia, and of course in North America, hence why I am based in New York. Um, my focus specifically is on North America. I relocated during the pandemic in November of last year, which was obviously an interesting time to, to move from Ireland to the US. Um, but around 50% of our clients are based in North America across Toronto and New York. And so it makes a lot of sense to have a more permanent footprint in North America. My background, um, it, it's a bit of a hybrid. I originally started out as a legal professional. I studied in law school and then moved into financial services, worked at some of the, the largest investment banks in the world, um, moved across to London 
and then actually moved back to Northern Ireland and then subsequently moved across to New York. So it's been a bit of a bit of a journey for myself, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've learned a lot. And yeah, it's, it's great to be based in North America and really getting close to, to our clients over here. How's the move to New York going so far? Uh, so far, so good. Obviously, uh, a strange time to be in New York. Um, but look, New York's one of the, the greatest cities on the planet. Um, even in the middle of a pandemic, it's still very vibrant. Um, and look, the weather's a lot better than it is back home. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that at all. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's been an interesting time personally. I think professionally, um, it's been challenging. Um, you know, everyone is remote working. Everyone is working from home. Um, so, you know, what, a lot of what I was doing pre-pandemic, um, you know, coming across to New York or London, meeting clients face to face, getting alongside them is now done over virtual video calls. And, and that's fine. I think everyone is, is in the same boat, but I think we're all craving some of that person to person contact. So hopefully as, as the pandemic subsides and the vaccine rollout continues to, to be successful, um, we'll get back to something like that. But yeah, look, it's it's great to be here. I think actually that's a really good segue to talking a little bit about Fintrue. And, and in our previous conversation, we've talked about it being kind of a unique place. So yeah. tell, us, tell us what's so unique about Fintrue. What is unique about Fintrue? That is a good question. Um, I, th- I think first and foremost, it's it's our people, Jerry. Um, you know, we put such an emphasis on how great the the individuals that work for us are. Um, we also put a lot of emphasis on on culture. Culture is really at the forefront of what we do, um, and so we we try and maintain that as as best as possible. You know, everyone that works at Fintrue is a full-time employee and that's very very intentional we understand that there are other organizations out there that you know hire ftes but also hire contractors and and temps and that's something actually that we've we've stayed away from simply because we want to protect the culture that we've developed as an organization um i think as well being being based in in northern ireland there's a real social aspect that comes with that we're a very sociable nation and so when we're dealing with our clients the feedback that we get is that that is often something that, that differentiates ourselves from them. You know, people like hearing the accent on the other phone. You know, we're always up to, you know, crack a joke or, you know, have a, a trivial conversation before jumping into the, the thick of the work. And I think that is something that, that, that really helps us stand apart. Um, I think as well, we talk a lot about our, our secret sauce at, at Fintry. Now, what that secret sauce is, who knows? Um, but it's definitely there. I think it's Guinness, isn't it, or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is, yeah. Um, but I think uh, something else that we talk a lot about is, is our client intimacy. Um, we spend an awful lot of time focusing on how to get closer to our clients and really honing in on what specifically they need from us um, and, and doing it in a very thorough, you know, considered manner. We we don't want to waltz in and say, hey, we're going to push the really hard seal. If you want this, great. If you don't, we're still going to try and push it on to you. So, yeah, I think we, we've just cultivated a, 
an organization where I think everyone from the very senior people right down to the, the newest recruits at a junior level, they feel a real sense of ownership. We talk a lot about everyone being their own mini business owner and their own entrepreneur. And that really is true, whether you are you know, an analyst embarking on your, your financial services career we clearly believe that those individuals can make a big difference to our clients and and they can grow their own teams. They can come up with solutions. And so I think it's that aspect of, yes, you're there to do a job, but actually there's a whole other piece to your role. You're not just a legal professional or a KYC analyst or, or a tech person. You're actually there to service our clients and be really creative in the solutions that we're developing. And, and, we very much entertain that as well. We, we give people a lot of time, a lot of space, and a lot of financial investment as well to really pursue those more creative sides of things to help us create our solutions for our clients. Yeah, I just recall from our conversations as well that you talked about long-term relationships you know, versus a transaction, Yeah, which I think really, really landed with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, don't get me wrong. If a client wants us to come in and parachute in and solve a, a big problem for them, um, you know, we're in the business of doing business. We, we don't like to say no to, to help our clients. But what we're really looking for with our clients is to establish those long lasting partnerships and to see past the traditional bank vendor relationship we we want to be seen as an extension of their team and and for the most part our teams are just considered an extension of of our client teams i think when we previously spoke i shared a, a story about how a client called one of our people at fintry expecting that they could go and grab a coffee in london and we had to explain though actually you know we're based in belfast so that's how plugged in we are that people actually think we're maybe only a couple of floors away in in the same building but again we invest a lot of time and a lot of effort just ensuring that that those client relationships are being cultivated and again that's you know we have a lot of senior oversight to make sure that clients feel that it is a partnership that it's not just a you know there's fintry take it or leave it that it's a there's fintry they're part of, of the bank now, and they're really helping us along our, our regulatory journey. Um, we've been in existence for you know nearly eight years now, and yeah, look, we haven't lost any business. We've got the same clients from from day one. Thankfully, we've we've got more clients. If we didn't, I would be out of a job. Um, but it's really we want we want that roadmap to be much longer than three months, much longer than six months. We want, you know, these these multi-year relationships where we can get in there and really help and support our clients. So when you, uh, when you quote, sit down at the table with your clients, some, sometimes virtually nowadays, what kinds of, of issues and pain points do they cite in their business today? Um, it, I, I think the problems and, and the issues that they see haven't, haven't changed dramatically. Um, Obviously, you know, as you mentioned, we're, we're dealing with our clients in a different way. We're dealing with them virtually, but the same pain points exist. You know, if I think back to, to 2019, a, a large focus for our, our bank clients was the regulatory pipeline, whether that was new legal regulations being implemented or, you know, ongoing KYC um, implementation needing, needing conducted. And so the, the challenges that were around in 2019 were cost pressures, um, resource issues, and, and probably real estate constraints. 
I think those three things still still exist today. Um, all banks are are still under massive cost pressures. Yes, okay, the pandemic kind of threw the world open. A lot of banks performed very very well. But internally, they're still under the exact same cost pressures that they were back in 2019, 2020. So we're still hearing that from our clients. They need to solve these big problems, but the purse strings are being tightened a lot. Um, and look, as a Northern Irish-based company, that's that's where we can really play that part because we are a lot more cost effective. In terms of resource pressures, you know, the, the banks don't have this open book to say, Okay, we need to scale up a team of 50 to handle this large scale remediation. Let's go find 50 people and bring them on site in London, Toronto, New York, wherever that is. They just they don't have the space. Um, a lot of the banks obviously based in New York are, are having conversations around their location strategies. Where are they going to end up? Um, are they going to, you know, move down to Florida for the sun and the, and the tax breaks? Are they going to stay in New York? Are they going to go to another cheaper state? And so those pressures are, are still there. So I think the conversations are still the same from a, you know, a organization like FinTrue. We welcome the heavy regulatory pipeline. And I know that's not a popular view on things for our, our clients, but obviously that feeds a lot of the work we do and a lot of the support that we can provide. Um, I think as well, there's, there's a real competitiveness that's always been around with investment banks, but is really coming to the fore. I guess with more technology being implemented and, and clients looking for a lot more efficiencies in their processes, things need to be done faster. Things need to be done better. And whilst technology can play a large part in that, a lot of kind of the back-end work or what goes on behind the scenes is still very much a people-based solution. So that striving towards doing things faster and better is, is still there. Clients want their customers to have the best experience that they can. And that goes for every bank across the street. So their considerations of, of how to get over those pain points are, okay, well, how do we make this better for our customers? How will our customer choose us versus the bank across the street? And what do we need to do to, to put that into place? And um, I think the last thing I would say is the expertise as well are, are a challenge. Um, it's not as easy to go into the market and, and find contractors or, you know, find contractors at the right price. And I think that, again, lends itself well to, to our business model. You know, banks, again, with IR35 and, and things like that, which are putting constraints on the contracting business in general, um, it's not as easy to go out and get those those expertise in the market anymore. And if they can get those expertise it's generally very expensive as well. Um, so yeah, look, it, it, in summary, I think the challenges are the same. I don't think anything over the last 12 months has, has dramatically changed. I think obviously the atmosphere and the environment within which we work has, has changed dramatically. And I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on what that looks like, you know, for a, a vendor sitting in Northern Ireland versus, you know, someone sitting on site at, in London or New York. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I came across a really interesting stat the other day, and, and basically what it said was once a client has had a positive experience in the digital world, and across any industry really, they they use that as their standard for the expectations in any industry. So in effect, they they go to the you know a, a social media environment, and now they're going to bring that back to the bank and say, okay, well they could do this in a minute. Why can't you? you yeah. Are you seeing any of that with the? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So we hired our, our chief technology officer at the very start of this year, and I've had many conversations with, with her to date. Um, and a really interesting conversation was was around the user experience. And you know, I'm not a, a techie by any stretch of the imagination. But the example that she used was, you know, obviously during the pandemic, Amazon is, you know, the be all and end all for everyone. It rarely does a day go by whenever you're not on Amazon. And so we talked a lot about user experience and about how well Amazon does that. You open your phone, you click on the app and within two or three clicks, you have bought something and it's going to be delivered in a day. And we started to go down the rabbit hole in that conversation and say, well, you know, maybe that's what banking needs to look like. Maybe it needs to be that straightforward or or that user-friendly for customers. Um, so I think that that's one thing that, that we've talked a lot about internally, really breaking it down and making it simple. Obviously, investment banking is a, is a very, very complex industry. But I think another interesting thing about customer experience is um, that single touch point, whether it's a vendor or whether it's at the, the investment bank. And I think this is something that, that some of our clients do really well and some of the big banks on the street do really, really well. Um, interestingly, I read an article yesterday about Goldman Sachs and they have the, the one Goldman approach, which is they want a customer to have one single interaction, irrespective of whether they do FX business, rates business, commodities business. They want that holistic approach for those cross-divisional customers. And I think that, to your point, Jerry, around customer experience and, you know, once they experience what really good is, they'll want that with, with every client or every, every investment bank they deal with. I think there has to be such an emphasis. Long gone are the days where, as a customer of an investment bank, you have 15 different touch points depending on what department you're dealing with or what trade you're placing customers are now looking for, okay, I know that, you know, Stuart Marks is the person that I speak to that client and they will handle all those issues for me. Um, and so I think, I think it's right that the industry is very much focusing on that customer centric way of, of thinking because it plays such a massive part. And I guess as an organization like ourselves, we, we also, we view it exactly the same. We want to make sure that our clients that we are dealing with, feel as though they're getting the best customer service, that they have that one single person that they can speak to and escalate things to if, if needed. And I think it's just, you know, a, a happy client makes for, for a, you know, a prosperous business. Um, and so we, we have people whose sole focus are dedicated on relationship management to make sure that our clients are, are happy. Yes, the day-to-day -day is going on in the background, but that, that customer experience and making sure that, that they're, I guess their interactions with us from start to finish are exactly what they're expecting. In fact, even better. The world is moving fast. It's difficult to keep up. Your executive team routinely needs new ideas to keep them ahead of the competition. Imagine having a plan in place in 30 days to focus your innovation efforts, improve customer experience, accelerate your move to digitization, or increase speed to market. Our guide to accelerating your innovation agenda provides you with insights and time-saving resources to plan your path forward. Contact Jerry to book a quick call or for your complimentary copy at www.linkedin.com backslash in backslash 
Jerry Purcell. G-E-R-R-Y-P-U-R-C-E-L-L. Or email Jerry at jerry.purcell at innovation360group.com. Yeah, one of the things I find interesting about the way that you talk about your business and being a fintech, often conversations with, with fintechs are, are very IT-centric. It's all about this new thing, this new doodad, you know, whatever, it's going to do this or that. When you guys talk about your business, you talk about the you know, customer experience and the relationship and the long-term, and then the IT is sort of in behind and an enabler. And it's not, I don't know that your business is different than other businesses, but just kind of intriguing how you, how you talk about it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> look, I guess Fintry is is very much in its you know infancy in terms of its its tech journey, um, but in in typical Fintry style, we're we're very quickly accelerating that. Um, but but you're right, Jerry. I think we look at it slightly different. You know, we've been around for a number of years now, and we've very much been a people based solution for for our clients. But the beauty of that is we've been with these clients on a very long journey for the last six, seven, eight years. We understand the problems that they have. We're not second-guessing where the inefficiencies are. We're not second-guessing where the gaps are. And what we're now doing is we're saying, okay, we understand those gaps. We know the client very, very well. We've built up a long-standing, stable relationship with them. Let's take that to the next level where we say, okay, we've noticed efficiencies A, B, and C. And actually, we think that we have some form of technology that can alleviate the strain or we can help you on that journey. And so, look, it's, it's a lot. The, the, the timeline is a lot longer. You know, it's not a case of we've built this thing in the background and now we're just going to go sell, sell, sell. It's a much more considered approach to say, well, what, what does the client need from us? And at that stage, then we start to work alongside them and say, here are the efficiencies that we think that we can bring to you. And so it's, there's, there's two ways of looking at technology. It's from the, I guess, the technologist's perspective of we have this tool, we think it's great, and we will sell it to our clients. And sometimes that sticks and that's wonderful. I think one thing that seems to lack in, in those scenarios is often there's no people side to that either. It's the, here's the technology and we'll now cut you loose and there's there's nothing really in the background. The approach that we've been taking is we have the people. They've now been with you for one, two, three, four years, however many years. We know what you need. We will build that for you. And we will still have the people there that know exactly what those pain points are. And we will be with you on that journey to work with the technology that we implement. And I think that that's worked really well for some of our clients and it's really stuck with them because we aren't we aren't selling them something that they don't want. By the time that we are on that technology journey with them, we know exactly what it is that they want. And I think the benefit of an organization like ours is, you know, we have 15 investment bank clients as of today. So we we know the commonalities. We know exactly what each of those banks are struggling with. And not surprisingly, they have the same issues. Okay, some have it on a large scale, some but, have it on. But the, every client is different, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Every every, every client is different, um, but they all have the same yeah, just, similar issues. Um, but but on a slightly different scale, you know, some yeah. have a massive issue and um, that they need help with, and and some have a much smaller scale issue. 
But we have the benefit of saying, okay, well, there's a lot of common themes here. What can we build or what can we develop or create in the background that will help alleviate that? And a lot of what we do with our clients and a lot of what they seek from us is, you know, what is going on in the market? You know, we don't share trade secrets. We don't share who we work with. But there are no surprises when we tell our clients, yeah, you know, you'd be surprised a lot of the people in the market have these same issues. Um, and so it's it's taking that longer view. And as I say, look, it sometimes takes a little bit longer to get to that place where you you land on exactly what you need. And look, we all know technology is a lot of trial and error. Rarely do you make something or build something that is a, you know, a hit straight away. But taking that longer approach and getting going back to that client intimacy piece, getting alongside the client and those individuals and understanding what exactly they need and then going along that journey with them has, has really stood us in, in good stead. So um, so you have a, a client base that has North American clients in it already, but you've recently moved into the North American market physically. What, yep. what sort of challenges and learnings have you experienced? What, what sorts of, uh, of sort of observations would you make about entering a new market? Um, I, I, yeah, very good question. I think the first thing I would say is the, there's a big question around whether or not it is a new market. And the reason I say that is, Financial services, investment banking is a global market um, by its nature. So we have clients in Toronto, in New York, we have them in EMEA, we have them in Asia. And the same issues or the same problems that they have that they need help with are geography agnostic. Um, You know, if I'm working into a bank in London, they will have the same struggles, the same challenges as a client based in, in New York. And so from a FinTree perspective, that's been good for us. We aren't we aren't embarking on anything new. We we already know where those pain points are with our clients. With that said, we have a really good grasp on the competitive market in the UK, in Ireland, in EMEA, because we've been there and that's where our I guess our central hub is. Um the competitive market in North America is different. You know, there's lots of other vendors over here compared to back home. Yes, we knew who we were in competition with back in the UK, but now we're over here. So, you know, who are the other runners and riders that we need to be aware of? Um, I think as well, one of the challenges, and again, this is a, this is a global challenge, but, and we've alluded to it earlier, the, the pandemic has thrown up a lot of challenge, you know, as a, as a business development person, as a salesperson, that face-to-face interaction, that getting into an office with someone, the handshake, the fact that you've got them locked in the room for 30 minutes and you've got their attention goes a long way. And I think that's something that that has been, been challenging. But I think from our perspective, around 50% of our clients were already based in, in North America. So we had a good grasp of what, what the clients wanted. Um but one of the key challenges that we've seen, and this is as we look to further expand. So, you know, I'm currently based in New York, but we want to grow the business over here and we want to expand and we want to open things like our delivery centers, almost a replication of, of what it's like back home in Northern Ireland. I think something that, that we are fast realizing is North America is a lot more like Europe than we first thought. And, and by that, I mean, you know, if you want to do business in Europe, if you want to do business in France, in Germany, in Spain, there's lots of different regulations. There's lots of different employment laws. There's lots of considerations that you have to take into account. 
America, Canada, North America in general is very, very similar. If I take the U.S. as an example, the U.S. is one big country, but there's many different states. Each state has its different employment laws. Each state has its own regulations. And so there's so many different considerations when you're thinking like a a startup company, which essentially we are in North America, you know, we're looking to grow and expand. Those considerations are, are so much at the forefront of our mind. Now, you know, do we want to open an office in a lower cost state? Okay, well, how do we employ people in that state? Because it's radically different than what it is in New York. And so it's it's challenging. It's exciting. Um, but it's definitely challenging for an organization like ours to say, okay, you know, yes, it's one big country. But actually, it's many. It's it's almost like it's many, many different small countries, and those are the considerations that that we have to to take. Um, so yeah, look, it's there are its differences and its challenges. I think, interestingly, from a cultural perspective, and, and I spent some time in London. Um, it is very similar to London, albeit what I have found is, you know, decisions tend to get made a lot quicker in, in North America. So when you get to that position where you're speaking with people in North America, very quickly you find that decisions can get made, whether it's a phone call back to London um, or whether it's a decision there and then. I think there's almost an acceleration of how quickly they want to do business over here, which look, again, from my perspective as, as a sales guy, is great. And that's music to my ears that you know our clients want to do business and, and they'll be quick to do business as well. Yeah, it's almost like be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 exactly, oh, no. exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. So just just to sort of close off our conversation, what what advice uh, would you give both sort of banks and and sort of you know uh, fintech organizations and stuff around your experience of of you know moving from Europe to here or the other way around or just to sort of the, the industry as a whole like what what sort of advice and and sort of pearls of wisdom would you want to impart with them um I think the thing that jumps to mind, and I've already mentioned it a couple of times, would be that that client intimacy piece, and that's more for you know the vendor side or the fintech side. Never underestimate how important those relationships are. And I know as an industry, you know, relationships are keen, and and it's the you know the interactions over a coffee or a beer that often you know will stand you in that much more good stead with a client. But there has to be a real focus on client intimacy and getting alongside clients and understanding what it is specifically that they need or that they are looking for. Um, I think as well, adaptability, I think, and this goes for, for both banks and for fintechs and other organizations. You know, the last 12 months, if nothing else, have taught us that we need to be incredibly adaptable. If I think of our own organization, we were a 100% work from the office organization until mid-March last year. And the pandemic hit and we very quickly moved to a 100% working from home or working remotely organization. Um, and, you know, that wasn't even a consideration in February of last year. But by the end of March, we had our 750 people of our organization working from home. 
And so it's about being adaptable um, and, and being able to react to those things that, that pop up that we never you know, imagined would pop up. And that goes for a lot of things. It's about being adaptable in the solutions that, that we're providing for clients and, and other fintechs are providing for clients. There's not a one size fits all. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, very rarely does someone create something that is an instant hit. It's about being adaptable and, and having that agile mindset that you can change at, at, at the drop of a hat. Um, and I think it's it's just about, you know, seeing the, the positivities and seeing the opportunities in whatever situations that, that you find yourself. Ourselves as an organization, you know, 2020 with all its challenges was a really good year for us. We signed up new clients. We did a lot of new business. We hired a lot of people. Again, rewind to, to February, and I think we were all scratching our heads wondering how it was all going to play out. But I think the, the last piece of advice is, you know, just move with the times and see the opportunities wherever they are. We could have sat on our hands last year and, and banned down the hatches and said, 2020 is what it is. Let's regroup in 2021. Okay, I'm glad we didn't do that because 2021 looks very similar to, to 2020. But um, you know, we just very quickly said, okay, let's let's go after the opportunities. We're now working remote. The benefit of that is, as an organisation based in Northern Ireland, where previous challenges were, you know, we need someone in London or New York or Toronto sitting two desks away from us. All of a sudden, that was completely blown apart. Everyone was in the same scenario. So no longer did that person at Bank A want that person or need that person two seats away. So again, we looked at that and said, okay, well, our business model is coming to the fore here. We have people based in Northern Ireland and that really works for our clients. So yeah, I think it's it's the client intimacy piece, being adaptable, being agile, and just you know utilizing the opportunities whenever they, they present themselves. Excellent. Excellent. That's really, really insightful. So that wraps up our episode. And as always, I look forward to hearing thoughts from you, our listeners, about today's show. Please keep the conversation going. And if you like the show, tell your friends. And please take a minute to rate our show or post a comment. Go to innovation360.com or your favorite podcast site to find out more and to listen to more shows. Thank you very much, Stuart, for chatting with me today. No problem. Thanks, Jerry. Stay safe and see you next week. You've been listening to The Finnovate Show with Jerry Purcell. If you like the show, share it on your network and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can go to www.innovation360.com to listen to more shows, download the transcription from today's show, or to contact today's guest. This is The Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today.